0: We'll begin. So we'll start by settling in, feeling the breath, breathing in a way that helps slow you down, helps signal to the mind that it's time for meditation. Feel your body making contact with the floor, cushion, or chair. You can use those sensations to help ground your attention. Become more present. take some time here. And then I'd like to help bring in this perspective of paying attention to whatever
1: it is that's coming up in your experience through this lens of impermanence. So you might wanna stay with just this, these simple sensations of sitting here or laying down
0: you might move your attention to the breath or sound. could be anything. thoughts, emotions, vedana,
1: anything in your experience, and see what is it
0: like to orient towards that object, that experience as impermanent. To watch it in subtle ways, change, become different. Maybe that experience or sensation goes away completely and a new one comes in Might mean focusing in just a little bit closer. Noticing within the span of a breath how many different
1: sensations and experiences are happening, and how in the next breath there's a whole other set of
0: experiences and sensations happening. that it's changing rapidly. So I'll be quiet for a little while so you can explore that for yourself. So now I wanna bring in another layer of what might be happening. There's this lens of perspective, seeing the impermanence,
1: your experience. And then there might be some way
0: that you're then relating to that impermanence. And so there can be many possibilities here. Maybe feeling some
1: kind of contraction around the idea of impermanence. Maybe it's touching into your own personal impermanence. Or maybe there's a feeling of
0: not wanting to let go of something that's pleasant, not wanting it to change. Well, maybe it's feeling very open. There's, there can sometimes be this feeling of awe, it's recognizing just how amazing the constant flux of life really is. Sometimes there can be this way of getting in touch with the value of life, the preciousness of it. Feelings of gratitude might come up. Sometimes it's more uh, neutral almost just the way it is, things are coming and going, there isn't a real clear connection with how you're relating to it, that can also be true, almost like a neutrality, that coming and going, maybe it feels equanimous, Lighting to it with equanimity. There are many options. It could be the hindrances are coming up. It could feel very big and spacious. Maybe relating to yourself in relationship to
1: the constant change of nature. Maybe even thinking of your own life
0: in the span of time of this planet. Giving that impermanence a different kind of orientation. See what's true for you. Noticing the impermanence of your experience and what relationship you have with that impermanence. I'd actually like to start by asking what what that
1: was like here to hear from some of you, and that's going to feed into um, what I'll talk about. What did you notice, and what was uh, how are you relating to it? Oh, hi Wendy, good to see you. Yeah, so we can open it up. You can just unmute yourself and speak into the group.
0: Yeah, Linda.
2: Well, when I usually think about impermanence, it's in the sense of something that I wish were going to be permanent. That is, you know, is impermanent. But what I thought about tonight was that things that are negative or bad are also impermanent and that it's a, a way not to get trapped into, um, catastrophizing and, um, you know, feeling that the bad stuff will never go away because it's just as impermanent as everything else. So.
1: Yeah, great. It's kind of a relief.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi, Lisa. I see you now. <laughs> you. Yeah, Lynn. Um,
2: I thought it was easier
1: to pay attention when I was watching all that little bit, the sounds that kept
2: coming and going, and the breath, how it changed, or, oh, there's a pain there in my head. Oh, it's gone. I mean, it was just seeing that whole flow of just going from one to the other um, and not drifting off so much. I mean, maybe once or twice, but really, so it was very helpful in that way.
1: Uh-huh. That's great. Do you think, Lynn? It was just—it was interesting in a new way. Like, uh, why yeah. was it possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: think it was. I mean, I was watching the changes, right? Of how this breath is really different, or this one stopping and starting, and um, I guess because of the instructions, I, I had to pay
0: attention. Uh-huh. To, so yes, there was definitely it's more Yeah.
3: That's great. Yeah, that. Well, sort of, as the movie credits rolled, <laughs> um, you know, I noticed my breath. It was it was almost like this retrospective. I was going to. Ooh, uh, yeah, that negative experience. And I was watching how, when I was re-experiencing that and realizing that it was impermanent, how my breath changed,
0: Mm.
3: you know, there wasn't that holding. It was, you know, you're, you're freed up. And then when it's really pleasant, um, I realized that it's freed up. And then there's a little bit of tightening that happens because I'm realizing, oh, that pleasant is not gonna last. And uh, so I thought that was, you know, just to watch that is just, you know, these kind of finite small things. But I thought that was a wonderful meditation. Mm. As far as impermanence goes, I really appreciate it. Great,
0: Wonderful. Wendy, I saw you unmute. Did you want to share as well?
4: Yes. Um, well, I came in um, rather late, so I, I um, just kind of started where I was. So I wasn't. I didn't. So what I was, um, I, I had this insight But I, I was just trying, I had one of these, a day-to-day where I just felt like I was pretty much out of sync with the universe. <laughs> every, which, every way I turned, <laughs> it wasn't going the way I um, thought it was going to go. And I didn't even know I had thought it was going to go a particular way until I started feeling a lot of aversion. So, um, and it was sort of like one thing after another. So, what I was noticing, and, and this was, was that I was like hanging on to all this upset, you know, it just kind of felt like a block in my chest. And when, you know, you know, when you were talking the bits that I heard about impermanence, I kind of thought, well, hey, um, I'm hanging on to the unpleasant. hmm you know, somehow I, I'm feeling like I have to process, you know, this how I'm feeling. I can't let it go. I have to, you know, and it was sort of like, well, hey, it already happened. <laughs> you know, it already happened. You know how bad you were feeling. <laughs> hey, it's impermanence. Can you let it go? It just gave me a um, it, it, it interrupted that sort of automatic thing that was going on of sort of having to hang on to something until I somehow resolved it in my own mind mm. and emo- some kind of emotional thing. I don't know if it's making sense or not, but it was like, yes. I wasn't let, ready to let go of the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It totally
1: makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. absolutely makes sense. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, this, this lens, I'm calling it a lens, this, you know, it's, this, it's always there and it's, it's one of the truths of existence is impermanence. So it's more than just a lens, it's a truth, but how we are tapped into it, you know, if we're tapped into it, that's, that's often the question. Are we really seeing our life and our experiences through this truth of impermanence, knowing that what is happening is impermanent or or the other piece of that is this moment to moment changing of our experience, that uh, there isn't that solidity that so often we, um, uh, as we piece all all of our experiences together, we create kind of this more solid uh, reality that, that we think, oh, maybe I can control this and maybe I can make it be a certain way. There's this fabricated idea that we're in more control than we really are. And this particular truth lens of impermanence is one that um, I know for, my, for myself has been a very powerful force in my own practice. I was thinking about... Early on, well, at the beginning, at the beginning of my practice, I went to a, um, I think it was a 45-minute intro to meditation class at Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, and I wasn't into it. I was there with somebody. I was kind of dragged in and <laughs> didn't think that it was something I'd be interested in. So I was already aversive um, and ready to po- poke holes in <laughs> whatever some, you know, the teacher was going to teach. So that's how I came in. I went out so in awe with what I saw that was uh, within the meditation. We just did this short meditation, counting our breaths. And what I, what I experienced, but didn't have the language for yet, but now in retrospect, I see it, it, it was the impermanent nature of things. It was experiencing firsthand just how much was happening within uh, my own body, within my own mind, especially just, it was um, phonetic <laughs> and it was the way i related to it then wasn't in fear or contraction luckily otherwise i probably would have walked out of there and never come back but instead luckily the conditions were right that instead i was in total awe and it for me was a relief it just made so much sense of why my life was going the way it was going and how i felt the way i was feeling and It was, you know, so chaotic in there, of course, (laughs) my life was, was chaotic, you know, it just was mirroring what was happening at that time. And, and I, and it just, um, it was very powerful. And this lens truth of, uh, of impermanence can be that way. And it can be that way, no matter where we are on the path to come back to this presence with impermanence is a very powerful um, practice. It's a very powerful um, place of understanding, a place place to live from when we are embodying this truth of impermanence. This is um, a poem that I bet you all know, but it, to me, it just speaks to some of the simplicity of what I'm talking about because impermanence, it, it just sounds so big. You know, this is a, such a core truth to all of existence. It just sounds so big, but actually the experience of it is very simple. This is Mary Oliver, The Summer Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? who made the grasshopper, this grasshopper I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is grazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearm and thoroughly washes her face Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last? and too soon. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So I love, I love the image of that and the feel of that. And it, it does, it takes this, starts with these big questions of who made the world, who made the swan and the black bear and then brings it all down to what really matters is this right here this, this moment and all that is, is available in this moment. And it's, and that matters because of its impermanence, that it's, it's not long to last. And so be present for it. So this line, tell me what you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Uh, for some, the idea of life being wild and, uh, Disorderly and chaotic. Just the idea of that, and that being all we get, brings something other than this orienting around it as precious. It, it uh, sometimes it can bring us into anxiety. We can feel um, something other than you know. Oh, this is this is really a treasure. You know, we go into more of this fear contracted mode. You know, I think uh, so often. Uh, I I think I can safely say that um, that most people, if not all, all of us, from time to time, we get caught up in that moment-to-moment anxiety. You know, you might see it throughout your day, every day. Maybe this is just a normal natural way of being that we don't question until it's been pointed out. This moment to moment kind of contraction and anxiety against whatever it is that's coming in. We find ourselves worrying, lots of worrying about what might happen or what did happen. That worry and anxiety comes up because we're feeling so unsure that anxiety that fear so unsure of the future as if the future was something ever to be sure about it's this myth within our uh, in our psyche that there's something about the future we should be sure about and we spend a lot of time in the moment wrestling with that with that uncertainty instead of coming into this place of ease and knowing that it's uncertain and not being thrown by it. Uh, There was a time where I was, um, I got to spend some time with the teacher and author Catherine Ingram. And I heard her say many times um, something like, Uh, if we're being truly present to the moment, we realize most of the time that everything is really okay. Most of our moments, and we're talking moment to moment, you know, you could, maybe you, you could measure that in a breath. Most of these moments in our life, that it's actually really okay. But even when everything is just fine, the mind doesn't tend to live in the blessing of that fineness. It goes seeking for something else. So we miss it. We miss those moments that are just, you know, everything's just fine. Everything's okay in that moment, in that breath. Sometimes we, uh, I know that I find myself going into uh, those moments of where everything's just fine. I can easily look for what's not fine in the world. Even if in my life, in that moment, in that breath, everything's fine in my experience. Just the knowledge that there's suffering out in the world uh, I, can, I can bring myself very quickly into a lot of anxiety or that there could possibly be some suffering in my own life in the near future uh, pulls me right out of that moment experience of everything's okay, everything right now is, is actually just fine. So we can have a lot of different orientations to impermanence. Some of them are helpful and some of them aren't that helpful. And so in the meditation, I was uh, playing around with having you experience not just the impermanent nature of things, but then also how, how are you relating to it? And then some of you, um, uh, did report just a little bit of that, that tension, that, um, contraction, which, you know, to simplify things into two categories, you could say contraction and expansion. I find that that's helpful because there's so many different possibilities and I won't name them all. Um, so we can put them in those categories of that contracted state or that ex- more expansive state that allowing things to be as they are. So that contraction, it can be fear, we can find ourselves, um, fearful of death we come in contact even with the impermanence of our breath it's it's not far off from the mind saying what if this is the last one and we can do a couple things with that and one of the things we can do is go into fear around that there can be panic around our own impermanence there can be uh, that fear about the impermanence of the ones we love or the things that we love can be something around not doing things right, you know, the impermanence of, of the constant change of nature. And how, you know, are we, are we keeping up with it? Are we doing it right? There can be fear of letting go. What does that really mean? Often underneath that fear is the fear of loneliness. If I let go, will I be lonely? Will I lose the things that I really love and feel like I need? All of this ends up coming through this this extra layer of of contraction. Sometimes contraction is more like a depression, a sadness, Um, it might be connected to loss. Sometimes there's a necessary sadness, a necessary mourning that can happen um, not only around people that we lost, but around ideas that we lose that, that don't pan out um, or we find aren't true, ideas about ourself. It could be uh, a mourning period of um, a dream that we had, some, some future that doesn't actually happen. And sometimes indifference comes in we think about the world being uh, impermanent, people being impermanent, why invest in those relationships? Why invest in these things if they're just going to disappear at some point? Why become entangled in that way and open up to to heartbreak? So this is uh, often coming from this very contracted mind around impermanence and not helpful. There is suffering and there is suffering in, um, in relationships, just being engaged in the world. There can be, there certainly can be suffering that comes from that. But how we're relating to it is everything. It's disabling in a way. It, um, uh, it's hard to move from these places of, of contraction. We wanna do something about suffering. Doing it from that place of contraction usually isn't where we're going to start. So this other possibility is expansion. To come into the awe of life. Those moments that we catch, we've all had these too. these moments where we catch ourselves uh, just falling in love with being alive. Just can't believe the unfolding of whatever life or experience is unfolding in front of us. And so often that falls into into gratitude. It's, Sense of abundance and then the thankfulness for that abundance that follows. That there's uh, even even in the tragedies of our life and we all have them. That's just part of being human. That there's so much that comes from them. That even in our greatest tragedies, uh, there's still life there. There's still motion. There's still growth. There's still Uh, evolution. Oftentimes it's in retrospect that we realize this, but uh, sometimes we can catch it in the moment. We know we're going through something difficult, that there's something possible as we go through it. And then like Linda, you mentioned just that relief when we realize, oh, and this is also impermanent.
0: Um,
1: Our greatest challenges, that too is impermanent in the biggest, in in, in a big sense. I think I've quoted this before, but Anam Tipton Rinpoche teaches here in the East Bay. um, He often will say, everything will be all right in the end. And if it isn't all right, then it isn't the end. We'll think about that for a minute. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but there's something very um, when we think about it, in that way, when we are in the absolute depths of our suffering, that you know, when we die, we, we don't take that suffering with us. It's, that's not a, something that um, that will continue. So even if it's not all right, at some point it will be. And that can be a comfort for some. There's so much uh, wisdom in the dying. There's so much to be understood in the process of dying. You know, and in this impermanence, of course, it always points us to that. It points us to our own impermanence and what is it that um, we need to wake up to before we die, in order to be in alignment with that truth, Frank Ostaseski, uh who was one of the co-founders of Zen Hospice, um, and he wrote a really beautiful book. I'm trying to think of the name. I think it's the Five Messages Messengers. Or uh, does anyone know it? Deb, you know it.
3: I think that's what it was. It's something. Yeah. Cause completely. I read it and I, yeah. It's a beautiful book. It's a wonderful book. And he is a, just a blessing. Of yes. Being.
1: Actually, that would be a fun book to go through and yeah. do some Dharma talks on, but he, I, I will quote him here. He says, death is not waiting for us at the end of a long road. Death is always with us. In the marrow of every passing moment, she is the secret teacher hiding in plain sight, helping us to discover what matters most. It's in every single moment, this impermanence, it's speaking, it's pointing to our own bodily impermanence. And in that way, the message is to wake up in each moment, to live each moment in presence, in fullness, even when it's hard, that turning towards that difficulty, being as present as you can be, bringing as much wisdom as you can, as much compassion as you can in those moments, it's everything, this one, wild and precious life it is all we have and it really comes down into these moment to moment vignettes that we can be living that one and wild and precious life we don't live it anywhere else except for right here and in these moments that's it and the dying tell us that all the time the messages from people who have terminal illnesses, and actually have the privilege of, of telling people what they now understand, and their their last um, days, weeks, months of life, and it's often something related to be present, to be to be present for your life, live it fully, don't live it. Um, to the expectations of others. Um, Tell your loved ones that you love them. Spend as much time as possible. Don't worry so much about getting it right. And it's a beautiful thing to come to those realizations before death. It's such a privilege, really, because not everyone has that, that time, but it's an even larger privilege to come to realize these things before we know that we're dying, or at least before we have a diagnosis. You know, and from one perspective, we're we're always dying.
0: You know, we're we're born, and then we're in this process that ends in death. That in
1: each moment in Buddhism, often it's talked about that the the death, the birth and the death of of who we are, of becoming, is a constant of experience. It's a constant. A synonym for, uh, for nirvana or for waking up is the deathless. In early texts, it was referred to as the deathless. Uh, this condition that goes beyond this this birth and death of, of self. That's this stability,
0: this something that is unconditioned in a very conditioned world. Well, I, I'd like to stop there and open it up to
1: um, any questions and uh, also your
0: comments, just how this is landing for you, what it makes you think about. Um, one question to help help
1: it along, just in case, is a reflection on how how do
0: you live your life through this lens of impermanence? Think about today. Did you live today through this lens of impermanence? Were there
1: moments where you caught yourself caught up in something that
0: actually wasn't necessary or even real? Were you present with yourself and with your loved ones, with your surroundings? And if not, does it inspire you to do it? To try again tomorrow or after this Dharma talk, (laughs) maybe not even wait till tomorrow. Kate, I could respond for a minute. Did somebody else raise their hand? I'm sorry. Go ahead,
1: ahead, Betsy. Betsy. Oh, okay. Betsy and then maybe Jeannie. Is that
2: right? Oh, Jeannie, you go first. You go first. I talk all the time.
1: I feel
5: like I do too. Well, I was fortunate to have done the morning sit with with Kate. So I got an intro sort of uh, to uh, being more aware of impermanence today. And that was really helpful. Uh, What I noticed is that First, it was the big things that oh yes, they're definitely changing, and then smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and of course, spending time with a baby, you know, everything is new and wonderful for, wondrous to them, and it puts me more in that mood of. <laughs> she had a cran. Oh my gosh, what is this? You know, and looking at it and tasting it and putting it down and picking it up and finally putting it in her mouth and. You know, it reminded me of, you know, the wonders of the world through a baby's eyes or just, you know, and the wonders of my world, you know, I hear a bird, have I heard that before? It, it just made me much more cognizant um, of everything changing instead of just letting it flow by sort of no, little bits of noticing. Um, and it just, the minutiae, you know, it got to where I was noticing smaller and smaller things and of course everything is changing in, at a minute level all the time but my awareness isn't there
2: mm-hmm. so
5: that was nice to have it at the beginning
0: and then again tonight so oh, yes. thank you Jeannie. um hi everybody
2: um thanks Kate I, I didn't hear all of it but I, the 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 phrases that I love the most, be, besides the quotes, was um, just the the whole expansion contraction. I think that's a really beautiful way of envision. It gives me a visual of aversion, the opposite. Like there's aversion is contraction for me, but expansion isn't greed. You know, expansion is is something else. And I've had a day where I actually have been very very present and have shown up with a lot of um, expansive energy into um, a series of present moments. It's been a very, a lot of variety today, very personal conversations, some lousy tech computer, bleh, you know, but in, in all of it, I'm, I just, I felt very spacious and, and very full and it just makes me think about, and I, I just don't have any, any conclusion to this. It's, you know, I don't know if it's a question or just a, a whatever that, There's something about being fully present that almost wipes out impermanence. Meaning I'm not either, I'm not thinking long or short, next second, this second, I'm just here. And of course it's impermanent because here is changing with every nanosecond. But I'm not, I don't know, I just feel like I'm not living in that space almost, that I'm just in this eternal now. Kind of, you know, which sounds much more lofty than it really feels when you're at the computer doing stuff. But but they're still kind of not either clinging or um, um, I don't know, hoping it's going to last or whatever. But just like here, and expansive, and I don't know how or if that relates to impermanence, but it just strikes me that impermanence almost gets invisible when I'm just in the now, you know. So, anyway,
1: it sounds kind of like you're you're pointing to what happens to time when mm. we're actually present in right. the now, right? You know, that that our sense of time it, it, it shifts. There's something different. There is something different about it. Yeah, um, yeah. Not leaning into the past or future. Mm. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It's sort of time is sort of irrelevant. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're in the flow or whatever those things are, you know, where you're kind of lost in what you're doing and an hour or two can pass and you don't, you don't really realize. I, I love that. I love when the time is so relative, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, when we'd say a moment, there's, there isn't a, there isn't a time of moment, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I give it some kind of framework of the breath. I, I find that sometimes helpful. But um, what does that mean? Mm, you know, right. we just have this moment. But what is that?
2: <laughs> right. But what by the time, time you finish means? by the time you finish saying the word moment, it's already the next moment. And That's by right. the time you say that, it's it's like everything's Yes. <laughs>
1: and, and in our meditation, sometimes we can, we can actually experience that where it's so rapid, mm. it's hard to land on anything because it's just. Mm. Ba- 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 ba. And then and that takes some concentration to experience that. And then other times there is more of this. We're just in this flow of what's happening and not clinging to it needs to be this. It needs to be that but rather um, just going with what's presented and, and showing up for it. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bethany. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, B. Uh, when you were when you were talking about the expansion and
6: contraction, it made me realize I I, I had a weak I don't know, last week or so where I just I felt just felt crappy all week. I just was in really um low space. And I'm just was it made me realize how concrete that feels, you know, like the 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 thought of impermanence just doesn't arise when I'm in that. And then when I'm I feel better, then yes, I'm impermanent. This, the bird song is impermanent, you know, it's all nice. But when I'm in that aversive uh, contracted state, it's very concrete and it's very hard to realize that it's actually going to go away. Cause part of my habitual thinking is, well, this is just the way it is. And yeah, you know, right. it's never, never going to change. Anyway, that, that was interesting. How to get a little of the, it's sort of like fresh air of the, impermanence in a way, you know, on um, both sides of how to get that into that concrete state is a question.
1: Yeah. It takes practice because what you're describing is so relatable that when we're in those places of real contraction, I mean, even that's why I like that, that word for it. Cause it, it, it is like everything gets squeezed together and it's, it's in our gut, you know, and it's in our, throat and we just feel this um this solidity around oh this is you know this is it (laughs) this is gonna this is just gonna keep happening and be forever whatever the thought is around it and it's hard to penetrate you know it's hard to just crack that open to realize no no this you know even this is impermanent even how we're feeling when we're really low. It's, it's not one experience, you know, it, maybe it's doing this, maybe it's doing that, maybe it's big waves and we're just not giving it enough attention or, um, you know, it's, we're, we're kind of solidified, we solidified the whole day around this one experience you know, when you ask a child, how was your day at school? It's usually, it's not, some days you might get, well, first I did this, and then I felt like this, and then this happened, but often, especially as they get older, it's kind of like a one response (laughs) to frame the whole day of like, "Eh, wasn't that great? Or... (laughs) yeah, it was good, you know, and then there'll be this one, you know, this happened, this one experience, and that was, that was the day, <laughs> but we're, of course, it's not like that, it's, it's all over the place, even when we're in that contraction, there's so much going on and variation within that contraction, and it does take practice to remember, okay, I'm, let's say, I'm, oh, this is a version. <sighs> I'm so contracted. I'm so contracted. And and this will pass. Yeah. And just even sometimes I do talk to myself. I'll say things like that out loud when I find myself in these places. I don't need anyone around. I just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm so contracted. You know, and I breathe won't last this too is impermanent and sometimes just that moment can be enough to shift or give strength Mm -hmm. you know it really does give us strength when we can connect with impermanence when we are going through hell you know it it's uh something that um can boister us up allow us okay i can stay present for a little bit longer this too will
0: change but it does take practice thank you yeah eve yeah i just
5: um i was listening to christopher germer had a podcast on uh self-compassion as an antidote to shame and when he talked about one of the paradoxes of shame was that it feels all encompassing and permanent when in fact it is transitory and one, just one part of you is actually experiencing that. And I found that just really, really helpful uh, in what you're just describing there um, to have that very clear sense of I am feeling a certain way, but it is actually, you know, and just it's it's not that's not actually true. Yeah. Um, so um, what you're describing is, is much broader than that. But, but I found that to be very comparable to what you were talking about.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Another image just came to my mind. And this is, this might not relate. <laughs> to you, but there's, there's something that kids make in elementary school in science for science class. There's their science unit called Oobleck, And it's cornstarch and water. And you make, you, okay, so some of you know. Oh, good. But <laughs> this might be a little far out. So anyway, if you haven't done this, it's actually really fun. And I make it for Leo all the time because it's this wonderful sensory experience. You put water and cornstarch together, you mix it together. And it's this incredible um solution that when you put pressure onto it, it solidifies. And when you let go, it liquefies. Mm. And that to me just gives this image, and if you haven't played with it, that image might not work for you. So you have to go now and get some cornstarch to make this Ublick, <laughs> you can Google it. And but how we when we contract around something, when we really when, when we're clinging to something, some idea that it needs to be this way, it should be this way. I should have done this, they should have done this. we, you know, my life should be this when we contract around life and solidify it in that way. it, it, there, it, it, it becomes heavy, it becomes burdensome. It, it, there's nowhere, in that moment there's nowhere for it to grow there's nowhere for it to go but it doesn't take much actually it's just it's just perspective it's just looking at it from a different vantage point or a diff- through a different lens and so that's the dharma we look at through through life through a dharmic lens and just releasing even just slightly what that does for that uh, expansion or in this case with ublick it's liquefication <laughs> but just what that does to the mind to the to possibility of life and so we might have to go from this contraction to openness a lot even within within a day it might be a lot of this but over time through practice what we find is one we don't get stuck here so much we can find ourselves there, but we don't let, stay there very long. Or when we're there for a while, we're not worried about it. It's okay. It's like, yep, this is hard. And I know that this will change. So there doesn't have to be the added worry. Um, but also, there's just more availability for this, this openness, this expansive um, Relation relationship with impermanence and with life is impermanence. And I'm saying impermanence, I'm really pointing to life. It, it's our connection with life, with everything. So something to chew on, <laughs> certainly. I love talking about this, this theme. So thanks, everybody, for your attention this evening. I'll end it here.
0: We can dedicate the merit. So we can bring to the center of our circle all those parts of you that were in contraction today or yesterday, all those moments clinging, solidifying, bringing compassion. May the benefits of our practice, may it be for our own benefit. May it bring us out of that contraction into more wisdom May it be not just for our benefit though, but the benefit of all beings
1: everywhere, all these beings finding themselves
0: ping-ponging between that contraction and expansion. May we all have happiness and contentment. May we all be safe from inner and outer harm. May we all be healthy in mind and body we all be free. May all beings be free. Hey, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Kate.
2: Thanks, everyone. Thank Thank you you so much,
1: Kate.
0: Thank you. Take good care. We will. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma
0: Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.